Are you ready to turbocharge your financial IQ? Hey friends, my name is Murray Miller and I want to welcome you and your family to the Family Business Podcast where every episode is designed to keep you focused and on track to live a life free of financial stress, worry and fear. Would you like to know the exact powerful money strategies that not only our immediate family has implemented, but also our extended family of thousands and thousands of people around the world? Well, then let's get on with it and let's begin building a financial wall around your family. Well, all right. Welcome back, everybody. This is Murray and I am stoked to be podcasting today on the subject that I'm about to breach, which I think if you've seen the title, you are excited already because I am going to go over the exact steps, step by step, on what to follow and how to achieve total financial freedom. I know that sounds a little crazy, perhaps, but frankly, I think this formula is probably been the formula that every person, virtually every person that I know that is self-made has had to follow in order to become financially free. It's worked for me, and I know it's going to work for you. So with that being said, let's dive right in. First off, we all know that the vast majority of families are not financially free. And I'll get to those stats in just a minute. But first, let me say that I believe the biggest reason that most people don't achieve financial freedom and a freedom lifestyle is because we've never been given a step-by-step blueprint. So that is exactly what I am going to do today. It seems that um, the only path that we've ever been offered as a nation or you know, in school or in traditional financial education is go get a good education, find a traditional nine to five job, get into a secure career, save money in a traditional retirement account like a 401k, Um, and, you know, whatever it is that your employer offers, and then do that until you're 65 or 70 years old, and then finally retire on a fraction of the income you were accustomed to while you were working. Not really that great of a plan, but that's the plan that we've been using, which to me is not realistic because this is usually a time in your life when you want to travel and enjoy Uh, You know, you have more time on your hands at that point in your life, so you probably need at least equal to, if not greater than, the amount of money that you were living on when you weren't doing all those things. So it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of the opposite, right? The antithesis. Now, luckily for me, between the books that I've read and between the personal development events that I've chose to subscribe to and to attend, along with some of my early mentors, that explained to me how to attain the freedom lifestyle in a different or a non-traditional way. And I believed what I learned. I literally believed it and I went out and did it. And what I learned was, is that once you reach a tipping point, that is when you have developed enough residual income to fully cover your recurring bills that come in with or without you know you doing anything your 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 mortgage your uh, you know your tax bills your your electric bills your internet bills all these things your mobile phone when you have those covered and you don't have to worry about it you can stop working and truly have true freedom because everything is covered you can do exactly what you want no questions asked that's the point 
That's the tipping point, whether it's relaxing on a beach, sipping your favorite adult beverage, or building businesses that can change the world like Elon Musk. When you have the ability to retire from the day-to-day grind, it's entirely up to you how to spend your time. So on that note, today we're going to discuss a plan for you to reach your freedom lifestyle, also known as early retirement, in as little as seven to 10 years. And I know this is possible, even if you're starting from zero dollars in the bank, and I know that may sound a little extreme for some people, but it is possible. However, spoiler alert, you have to be all in. What I'm gonna explain to you is not something that you can do a little bit and in your spare time. It's something you have to live and breathe. Remember, what you focus on, you will find. And this is what I want you to focus on. I'm gonna lay out the steps for you. If you're in a position to write this stuff down, then write it down or listen to this podcast over and over again. But here it comes. Now, if you're not ready to take on that much at this point in your life, in your financial life, and you wanna take this plan at your own pace, you don't wanna go all in, you can adjust your time frame based on your financial commitment and the amount that you're willing to make, the commitment you're willing to make, the money you're willing to put aside for yourself for the future. How much are you willing to pay yourself first? That's going to depend on you. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But in the interim, I did want to ask that if you are enjoying the Family Business Podcast, that you take a minute right now, maybe and even pause the show and take 30 seconds and give us that five-star review and let us know what you think. What do you think of our content, our amazing guests that we've been having on the show? You know why? It really helps push our podcast to other people. And if you want to share our link with other people, people that you care about, people that you want to have this message, and you're generous like that, by all means do that. Subscribe, leave us feedback on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Anything that you can do to help us grow this message, we will help you grow your money mindset and your wealth. So let's dive in. Let's dive into the first step. This is all about... Um, building what is called your freedom figure. You may not have heard me talk about this before, but it's very important that you have numbers involved in your target. And this target that you want to reach is the one that will give you full control of your financial life. Now, this is a number that you should know. And like I said before, I don't care if you have no money in the bank right now. If you're starting from zero, that's fine. If you don't know your freedom figure, it's a bit like running, you know, a race, but you're blindfolded. You know, you're moving really fast. You can't see where you're going and you end up putting in a lot of effort and you may be going in the wrong direction. You may, you know, end up tripping and falling flat on your face, whatever. You understand the metaphor. You have to know this number in order to have something that you can focus on. Remember what we focus on, we find. Now, in my opinion, when it comes down to personal finances, there are three mindsets that people can adopt. I like to call them the three Ds, the doers, the dreamers, and the drifters. So let's, let's talk about what this looks like to me. Let's begin with the drifters. The drifter's mindset will typically be comfortable going through life and many times just living paycheck to paycheck, you know, just getting by, uh, paying their bills, without truly having a targeted financial aim. With this mindset, you're not necessarily concentrating on saving or investing money. 
Now, if you fall into this category, you can easily shift your thinking. And I think probably for most people, perhaps it's because retirement just feels like it's so far out there. It's not something you're thinking about right now. It's simply not on your radar as a priority. And I want to make it a priority. The things that are not priorities in your life are not going to be focused on. So let's change your mindset. Now, the dreamer's mindset does actually provide and prioritize having a financial goal. However, they usually don't have a specific plan is what I found. You have to have a plan in place to actually achieve it. So unfortunately, without a shift in mindset, they end up staying dreamers and they're just staying in that category that they want these things, but they're actually not getting closer to them. Now the doers, well, these are the people that have financial goals, but most importantly, have a plan to reach them and that's where you find your freedom figure. That's where your freedom figure comes in. Your freedom figure is a very individual thing. And it depends on how much you want to pay yourself each year when you stop working your day to day. Your freedom figure is one of the crucial targets that you want to reach to have full control of your financial life. And one way that people figure out what that number is, is using the times 25 rule. So let's put some numbers to this strategy so you can see how this works. Let's use the example of building residual income so that you're earning $1,000 a month passively. So that money comes in weekly with or without doing the work activities that you normally would have to do to earn $1,000. Next, we would need to multiply the annual amount, if we take $1,000 times, let's call it 50 weeks, so $50,000 for easy math, and we multiply 50,000 times the number 25, that will give us the number we're looking for, which in this case is 1.25 million. Now follow me on this. The idea, according to traditional financial planning, is that you could withdraw 4% of this number every single year without penetrating your principal. So the 1.25 million stays intact during this withdrawal process or the distribution phase. This has been the standard in the financial planning industry for some time. I take some exception to this, which I can go off on a tangent on this, but let's just use this for right now for today so that you understand that if you have that much money in the bank, earning a certain percentage of interest, you can withdraw the 4%, without ever running out of money. 4% of 1.25 million, that's your 50 grand. That's how you're earning a passive income. So $1.25 million, how are we gonna get that? I know that may sound really far-fetched, especially if you starting from zero, like I said you could at the beginning of this podcast, but I want you to know that this is possible to earn that residual income. No one said this is gonna be super easy, but I will tell you the right approach, you can get this done. And we're going to talk about exactly how you're going to do that. If you are in the early stages of putting together your freedom plan, the way you want to think about this is crucial. It's all about getting in the right mindset, getting in the right place mentally to make this happen. The key is to prioritize wealth over just simply having a positive cash flow and paying your bills every month and having a little left over to you know, do the fun things that you like to do. This is because building wealth is more about committing to consistently putting money away 
into an income-producing asset that increases in value over time, whereas cash flow gives you enough money flowing to cover your basic needs and your you know, certain creature comforts that, you, that you've come to enjoy. This may sound great, but let me tell you something. This can lead to a variety of problems, such as lifestyle inflation, and which which means to me you're living to your means. You're not you you whatever you're making you're spending, and it also leads to having putting yourself in a very high tax bracket and having sky high taxes. So let's not undervalue cash flow, which obviously is extremely important. But perhaps it's even more important later in life once you start to unwind some of your financial obligations. This is why whenever I make some extra cash, especially when I was younger, I wanted to reinvest the majority of it. I wanted to save as much as I could. And that was the goal. And when that, when you concentrate on that, you will do it if you don't just go out and spend the money. And this is where I say all the time, pay yourself first. Put that money away. That has to be a priority like any other bill that you have to pay. So, of course, I get it. Sometimes it can feel really nice when you're making money and you got some extra cash to tuck it away in the bank and say, okay, it's there and now I've got it in the savings. However, you can give yourself a false sense of security knowing that you've got this money sitting in an account that you, whenever you need it, you can go and get it. And the reality is if you put it somewhere where it's a little bit more difficult to take it out because you're building a compound interest plan that is growing and you can see the future with it, you don't need this money as much as you might think. And I know this firsthand. I know it from personally working with probably 1,500 families over my financial planning career and putting together these financial plans for people and then witnessing how these plans unfold over the long haul. Most people don't use the money. Once they save it and they earmark it for the long term, that's where it stays. So just by forming a good habit of investing your cash flow is absolutely essential when it comes to building wealth, especially when you want to do it as fast as possible and hit that freedom figure that works for you. And at this point, let's, let's go into the details. Let's talk about the five stages to building towards your freedom lifestyle. Stage one. When I was in this first phase early on in my financial journey, um, I was paying off a car loan, I had student loans, I had other high interest debt. Um, If that's the case with you right now, you know this is holding you back and we have to get out of this phase first. So if you've heard people talk about the difference between having good debt and bad debt, you'll want to learn this. It's very important because debt plays a significant role in your financial life. And it's very important to understand what this means and how good debt can work in your favor and how bad debt is holding you back. So laying the foundation for building towards your freedom figure is kind of like building a house. You need to lay a solid foundation to ensure that your house doesn't crumble at the first sign of an earthquake, right? Unfortunately, 70% of millennials which, by the way, as of July of 2019, make up not only the largest adult generation in the United States, but also the largest generation in the workforce. These millennials, 70% of them, live paycheck to paycheck. 70%, which screams loud and clear that the vast majority of millennials are building their lives on an unstable base, just like building a house on quickstand. Now, if you find that unbelievable, 
This is going to blow your mind. If you can believe it, this is more shocking to me. Nearly half of all Americans with an income greater than six figures, greater than 100 grand a year, are still living paycheck to paycheck. So this just goes to show how important laying the foundations are. Even though it may seem simple, many people are failing at this first phase. So I am a proponent of concentrating on paying off bad debt, paying off that high interest debt, because this is holding you back. And just to clarify regarding good debt and bad debt, good debt to me is anything that has lower interest, especially if the IRS allows you to deduct the interest on your tax return, and that it makes you money. For example, the mortgage on a rental property is good debt. Low interest finance on a laptop that you're using to build your online business, that's good debt. Bad debt is high interest debt that doesn't make you any money. For example, shopping for clothing, furniture, you know, technology, all that stuff that we do on the buy it now and pay it later with a credit card. That is, you know, typically what slows us down. All of this debt needs to be paid off as soon as possible. This is the focus of phase one. I personally was in a lot of debt when I was younger, and in order to get out of it, I used what is called the debt avalanche method. Frankly, I didn't know that's what it was called when I did it, um, and I learned later that's what I was doing. But this was just taking, you know, basically what it involved is making minimum payments on your lowest interest credit cards and debts and paying the extra money towards paying off the higher interest rates as fast as possible and so on. So you follow that, you know, you're paying off the higher interest debts first and concentrating with every extra dollar that you have to do that. For me... Uh, first was my personal loan that I had taken out, and then there were some store credit cards that I had, and then some furniture cards, and then my car. And these were crazy high interest rates at the time, so it was easy to pick the highest ones and pay those down first and then not get back into that debt. I mean, looking back now, I know that signing up for some of those programs was a huge financial mistake, but at the time, it seemed like my only option. So the big lesson here is it's impossible to invest and build wealth when you're being weighed down by bad debt. Stage two involves putting together an emergency fund. Now, this is essential because when you start investing without an emergency fund, you might find that just a few months down the road, um, you get yourself in a tight spot with an un unexpected expense. Uh, you know, you get a flat tire, the washing machine breaks, God forbid the roof caves in, and you don't have the cash to pay for it. So you will have to pull your investments, stop investing in your program, and take out money to cover the expenses. And then what happens is you miss out not only on the potential profits, but you're thrown off kilter. So I always have all of my clients put together an emergency fund, if they don't already have one, that can cover those expenses, the types of things that I mentioned, without interrupting your plan. You've got to stay focused on your plan and just make it a priority in your life to stay focused on your plan. Stage three, you're building a great credit score. A credit score to me is like your resume. It follows you around in life and it's regularly updated. But it, what it does is it helps lenders decide if you are a reliable borrower. And I think having a good credit score, especially, uh, is important for loans in the future, loans that are going to make you money. For example, buying that investment property or even your dream house. 
um, or investing in startups or investing in, you know, cryptocurrencies or the stock market or any of the things that we're going to talk about a little later in this podcast. And I will tell you, you should have started building your credit score by now. If you haven't, it's not too late. But I, I didn't start early enough and I wish I had started when I turned 18, but I didn't. But I did for my kids. I made sure that they took out a credit card, not a debit card, that didn't build credit, a credit card. I had them pay their small expenses that they had with it, whether it was just gas for their car or you know, food or whatever it was. And then they were responsible to pay that off at the end of every month in full. Otherwise, they weren't allowed to charge on it. It had to be paid in full at the end of every uh, statement. And I tell you, this has been great to get them started, get them on the, on, the, on the book, so to speak, getting a credit report. We did the same thing with their student loans. We put them on the loans. Yeah, we had a cosign for them, but this actually was building credit in their name. The only reason they have a cosigner on there is in case they don't pay, they have someone else that they can go after. So building a credit score is part of this. Stage four is reducing your tax liability. Now, this is probably the sneakiest of all hidden costs that are in your life. Um, that being said, taxes can sting the most and take the biggest bite out of our money. Uh, in my case, being self-employed at a young age and being able to reduce my income from the expenses that I had that were deductible, that was pretty powerful. I didn't want to uh, you know, have a large chunk of my money um, that I was earning being eaten up by taxes. So I started looking at the best way to save as much as I could on my tax liability. And that was one way of being self-employed, even if it's a side hustle, there's some huge tax benefits to that. And I also discovered that if I opened up a retirement account, I could save money that hadn't been taxed on yet and get a deduction for doing that. So that was cool. So I learned that I could set up both an IRA, which is traditional. Actually, for me, it was a SEP IRA. SEP stands for self-employed uh, plan. So I had a SEP IRA because I was self-employed. And I learned about setting up an employer-sponsored plan, like a 401k you, you can do for yourself. So as your business grows, you can do that as well, especially if you take on employees. So there are some very cool ways to get money into retirement accounts before you have uh, been taxed on them, which can become a tax deduction actually and give you a, a, a deduction on your tax return. Of course, I knew that eventually <laughs> I was going to have to pay tax on this money, but the philosophy was that you're going to be in a lower tax bracket when you start taking the money because you'll be earning less when you start withdrawing. So hence, you would pay less tax. We didn't know what the tax rate was going to be, but you know, that's what, the, that's what the philosophy was. Now, looking back at it with four decades of income-producing years behind me, uh, it didn't work out the way that I was hoping that it would for me. I'm actually earning more money today than I was way back then and, uh, you know, in my peak earning years. So I have a, a, a different set of problems. That philosophy was a bust for me. Um, that doesn't mean it still can't work to your favor. Because for me, what I simply had begun doing is converting those traditional retirement assets into tax-free investments prior to taking the money out for income, which I haven't done yet. So this is, this is actually something that is not too uncommon. I've helped a lot of my clients with this. So even if you have traditional retirement accounts that have not been taxed, I was just on the phone with a client today that has you know a huge tax liability on a retirement account that we're trying to move money out slowly, 
uh, and and put it into an account where it can come out tax-free and pay the taxes now because we don't know what the taxes are going to be down the road. When this particular person retires from a high-paying job, um, they're going to be doing consulting. And the consulting may be even more lucrative than their income that they have from their employment. So you never know where this is going to go. So I always think you should you should think of every particular opportunity that comes your way as an opportunity to see if there's a way that you can put more money away to save for your retirement, to save for your freedom figure, to have that early retirement option. So you don't want to stop there. What I did is I opened up a separate compound interest account that allows me to save money that I first pay tax on when I earn it, but in the future I won't pay taxes on it. So it grows and compounds and the principal and the gains and the money that that's generating for me down the road, this can be accomplished in in several ways. This is not going to be taxed, whether it's a Roth IRA, which is a great plan, or an HSA savings account, or a non-qualified specialized life insurance plan, which you've probably heard me talk about before. This provides a much more predictable situation for planning when you need to depend more heavily on your passive income. So I embraced this highly specialized strategy more than two decades ago for my family. And uh, to this day, I continue helping friends and family put these plans together. Many of my team has done it in our, in our network marketing business. I have listeners from this podcast that get in touch with me to do this. This is something that I like to refer to as getting yourself to the 0% tax bracket. It's a very, very powerful financial tool. And I think setting up these highly specialized financial life plans, um, it's not that hard once you know the rules. It allows you to save, grow, and eventually turn it into a tax-free income stream, a residual income, a passive income, while your money continues to grow and earn and compound because they have some really powerful loan strategies where you can literally borrow the company's money at 0% using your money as leverage, and your money continues to earn while it sits in the account. So you're taking out money that you saved through a loan program that provides you a zero-interest loan and you're still able to earn money on the on the cash value that's sitting in the account. So it's brilliant. Now, to me, finding these plans is is a little a little tricky because uh, they're underwritten by just a handful of the strongest financial institutions on the planet. But my experience with this program, even though it's been spectacular, is that these companies change the rules every now and then. They build up their sales and then they say, okay, now we've got enough money coming in from that and then they change the rules and you've got to be on top of it because once you lock in a contract, it's locked in. They can't change it once you've already started. So I personally have regularly vetted out each one of these plans and continue to do so and monitor them for the most advantageous and lucrative features and benefits based on a particular situation of my client. And that makes it easier to identify the most suitable plan for their situation. So if you're interested in learning more about this program, you can either call me or text me. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes for that if you don't already have my number. By the way, um, I went into detail on this on my, um, I think it was in September, if I'm not mistaken, episode 17 which I titled Financial Strategies of the Super Wealthy. And I went into detail on this. And if you haven't heard that episode and you're interested uh, in this strategy, I would suggest you go back and listen to that one. I I can actually link that episode here in the show notes as well. So you can just click on the link. 
Um, so by the way, don't be shy about reaching out to me. This is 100% about you, not me. I love nothing more than sharing my strategies and tools with people so that they can become financially free and live the life that they were meant to live. I love this. I'm totally driven by this. It's my passion. And in a minute, I'm going to talk about um, your side hustle and why it should be something that you're passionate about. And Well, this is literally my side hustle, what I'm talking about right now. I, I love doing this for people and it's something that I just, I feel very, very strongly about. I have a strong belief in it. I stay informed, I stay properly licensed specifically to help people set up these plans and I'd love to help you set one up if that's what your goal is. So. Now that you're aware of the first four stages towards building your freedom figure, it's time to begin implementing the financial tools to get you across the finish line. And I know that this has really reduced my tax burden. So once you've built up these solid foundations, it's time to start expanding and building into multiple streams of income. Now, I know that your freedom figure may seem unrealistic to you right now using that rule of uh, times 25, but I don't want it to let you stop from getting started now. So I want you to think of your freedom figure as just one of the arrows in your freedom lifestyle quiver, okay? Now imagine this, you're standing on a solid oak stool and you have one leg on the stool. Now it seems a little unbalanced, because you're not feeling real safe with just one leg. And imagine that the top of the stool that you're standing on, the platform that you're standing on is your financial life. And the one leg is your job or your career, your day to day. If you get fired or you quit or you get sick or you get hurt, guess what happens to that leg? It's gone, right? Your financial life crumbles, at least temporarily until you can get back to work. Now, imagine that stool with two or three or even four or five solid legs that represent multiple streams of income, your investments, your side hustle, your rental property. So if the market crashes or you lose a tenant in your rental property or you lose your job or, or your side hustle fails, but your life, your financial life is being supported by more than one income stream. So this makes it nearly impossible for someone or something to come along and devastate you financially. Working just one job is nowhere near as common as it once was. The average person nowadays works 10 to 12 jobs in their lifetime, two to three different careers in a lifetime. There isn't one perfect solution for everyone, but multiple streams of income is certainly something worth working towards. For me, over the years, I pick side hustles that take advantage of my existing skills. I wasn't trying to learn something new in many cases, so I didn't have to you know, completely start over. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with starting over or starting something new, especially if you're young, but you wanna find out, what am I passionate about? What are my skills? What can I do? What can, what can that tie into? You can probably think of maybe 12 or 13 different ways to earn passive income. And you can probably put them all together within a year if you concentrate on them. So it often ends up being something that you're passionate about, something that you can develop even more skills with. And sometimes I think, you know, when we lean towards doing something we're passionate about, instead of what we'll get paid the most to do right now, 
you're looking more at the long-term wealth. And, and this, of course, comes down to sustainability in the long term, which is crucial. So waking up every morning and being passionate about your line of work is more than just a great idea. As so many successful financial people like to say, there is no greater thing you can do with your life's work than allow yourself to follow your passion in a way that serves the world and you. And there are so many different side hustles you can start, such as affiliate marketing or e-commerce or becoming an influencer. Um, you know, if you listen to this podcast, that personally, my wife and I and my daughter, we love network marketing. And I've talked about that before. My family has partnered with an amazing company for the last decade that has been absolutely incredible for us. And we have so many of our team members that have been so successful with this. My my goodness, um, my daughter Chelsea and I recorded an episode here on this podcast just a few months ago on this topic specifically and why and how to pick a company and what you should look for. And I'll be sure to um, put that link in the show notes as well if you want to go back and hear that again or for the first time if you're new to the podcast. But this list goes on and on. And the main takeaway here is that the more people you serve and help get what they want, the higher your perceived value is going to be according to society and the more you will get paid. And if you do the bare minimum or the, the minimum service that doesn't really help people, you're going to get paid the minimum. That's just how it is. So you've got to figure out a way to add value to people's lives. It's important to go above and beyond and provide value at, at the best possible way you can, you can do it. And that will maximize your profit, which can then be invested to reach your goal and reach your you know, goal of whatever it is for retirement, your luxury retirement, your early retirement, your freedom figure, your financial, you know, your, your financial house that's being built just by serving others, becoming a servant leader. So that being said, let's move to the final stage, stage five. This final stage is once you have your side hustles, you wanna have your side hustles start creating passive or residual income. Now, you know, you can have a side hustle that is like a part-time job where you are earning active income, so it's only when you're doing the work that you're getting paid. Why you want passive income streams is so that your money can make more money or at least make money while you're sleeping, and that creates long-term financial freedom. If you want to be on a beach sipping that nice drink, not worrying about anything money-related, Keep in mind that this is how you're going to do it. You're going to do it through passive income. Now, I'm just going to say that, you know, caveat, not every passive income is completely passive. As a matter of fact, I think maybe all of them require some tweaking and some work. But the idea is to get your money working for you instead of you selling your time. And that's basically what we do when we trade time for money. So there is only so many jobs that you can fit into one day and that's why trading time for money has its limits i was working a nine to five job in my early 20s in the car business plus i was putting in a ton of overtime which um, was ridiculous but i was doing it and i also had a job um, working as a valet when i wasn't working in the car business and I also was learning how to um, trade commodities on my lunch breaks and on my days off. 
um, I actually had no more time. I had no more time to sell, which was the business that I was in. And I started looking for ways that I could generate passive income through insurance and through the markets. And nowadays, I still invest in stock and real estate and even cryptocurrencies. But back then, uh, you know, it was just mostly traditional investments like the stock market, which is probably the easiest way to get involved in your first uh, venture in investing, especially nowadays. I mean, uh, it was a lot harder back when I was younger because you had to literally hire a brokerage house. You had to call up the broker and speak to them on the phone and place an order. And that's the way it was done. Now, uh, you know, everything is done on these investing apps and these apps are easy. They usually have great sign up bonuses and they make it super easy for you. So you just want to get a reliable, you know, um, investment app that, you know, people have used and it's test, it's been tested and, you know, it's considered safe. And, uh, you know, both my kids uh, are in their 20s right now and they invest in these um, stocks and bonds regularly through these apps. I actually have several of them on my phone as well. So keep in mind that, um, you know, you have the option and it's usually a good idea to max out your tax advantage accounts each year. Personally, with everything I have seen and learned from being in the financial services world for four decades, I prefer to put the lion's share of my money into insurance and real estate properly structured so that they have a, a tax-free element that is, uh, you know, our tax favored element that's a part of the plan. This provides me with the stability. It provides me with some guarantees. It provides me with some liquidity. And people love that. They want to have that high element of safety with upside potential. Now, the cryptocurrencies is also something that's really come of age. I think this is the second area that you would want to focus in on. Um, now, it does have a very low barrier of entry. You can use the apps online like Coinbase and Gemini and even PayPal is making it easier than ever to purchase and manage crypto coin. However, keep in mind, crypto is definitely riskier. So you want to know what your risk tolerance is. Are you putting money into this that you know that you can live without if it was to go away? This is not something we're not trying to make a big hit here and you know just make a one-time thing. We're investing for the long term. So I personally only have probably less than 5% of my money in crypto, and it's well-known crypto like uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum. These are the ones that I feel are going to be around for the long term. Um, and they've, you know, so far they've stood the test of time. And I'm not really prepared to take the risk of betting on a random coin that might hit it big, uh, depending on your risk tolerance, you know, depending on how much you're willing to throw in at that and know that it's just like going to Vegas, that it may or may not work out. You could end up with zero. So like I said before, my strategy is to get modest passive income from the markets, make stronger money from my businesses and real estate and insurance. And honestly, I think that's the holy grail of wealth building. And I know, uh, you know, for real estate, for example, it's a little harder to get into because you have to come up with a down payment and, you know, you have to, you know, do the rental property um, scenario where, you know, you're, you're finding tenants and, and it's, it's a business. You have to learn that business and it's a, it's a little more labor intense. Um, but it can really, un, you know, start unlocking the power of leverage. And this is because you can get a tenant to pay the rent to help you cover the mortgage or hopefully cover the whole mortgage. And, you know, with the, 
you know, way real estate has been over the years, it's going to increase in value over time. And you're going to have your house paid for at some point by someone else, which is really good. Other people's money, as they say. Obviously, the earlier you can do this and the sooner you can, you know, start paying down that debt and the house is going to uh, appreciate in value, the better off you are. And I believe that, you know, the leverage is an amazing tactic used by lots of rich people, but it can also be dangerous if you're not doing it correctly because you can become over leveraged. I mean, if you just went into real estate and that's all you did and the market crashed or went down significantly, it means things can go bad for you in a really, really short period of time. So you have to be careful with that. That's why I like to have it well diversified, lots of legs on the stool, right? Not just all in one place. You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. Now, most people won't tell you this, but I'm just going to be honest. This step-by-step -step strategy will be hard to achieve if you don't take your own initiative and start a profit-generating side hustle. It's still possible with a 9-to-5 job, but maybe not in seven years, unless you have an extremely high-paying job that is also very secure. It isn't all bad. Um, it's just most people need a side hustle to kickstart that wealth building. When my daughter Chelsea was on last week, um, she said that most millennials have gone from considering a side hustle to having a side hustle. It's not um, abnormal nowadays. It's as normal as you know what we did as a part-time job for extra money. However, it's usually something that you can be more excited about because it's helping build your future. So as we get close to closing out today's episode, I certainly didn't want to make um, becoming financially free sound too easy. Um, you're going to have to buckle down. You know, you're going to have to, like I did, you're going to have to be consistent for years and have um, built up something very successful for yourself to create that lifetime of freedom. After all, I mean, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, right? When you hit that first roadblock, and I'm certain you will, I think it's, uh, it's just the universe, you know, just trying to eat up on your resolve and say, hey, uh, do you have the grit to make this happen? And I would just think of that as a challenge to overcome, not as a disaster that's, you know, stopping you from continuing. It's going to happen. Just count on it happening. And when you count on it happening, it's going to be much easier to handle when it does. This plan will only work if you stay consistent and disciplined. And I'm confident after you reach stage four, you should be in a pretty good place to achieve the financial independence and uh, retire early if that's what you choose to do. So until next time, this has been Murray Miller with the Family Business Podcast. Feel free to reach out to me if I can help you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join our growing family and begin implementing the success principles to building a financial wall around your family, you can go to thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call and you can schedule a call with us because we have saved a spot at the table for you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and the people that you care about. And we would love it if you would take a second to give us a five-star review to help future family members just like you find us. I leave you with this. In life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you believe, plan, and expect. Let's do this.